welcome to the Drama Free Living Podcast. It's Dennis and Lisa McEntee. And Lisa, we're on our last episode of The Death of the Micromanager. The Death of the Micromanager. We're finally killing him. Let's put him to death. Yeah, let's, let's just lock him up and just put him to death, rest throw, in peace, throw, throw away, away the, the key, key, whatever we have to do. And, you know, Lisa, I, I think what I've kind of learned as we kind of walk through this is if I'm micromanaging, it's like it kind of creates this sense of like false like significance. Oh, within right? yourself. Yeah, because it's like I think my thinking can't be questioned or, you know, nobody else can think like me. And a little bit, it, like it creates the thought police. I have to all my team team's thinking for them. And then what's fascinating, I've never met a manager that is that has that said, no, I don't want my team to think. Is that some hubris in play? <laughs> Maybe a little might bit. Be. Right? Might be. Yeah. And so, uh, and even like this whole idea is that they have this scarcity mindset. And we'll kind of get into that today is that they, they're unhappy when other people are promoted. They, they become jealous and envious at even the extreme parts that mm. we've seen in larger organizations. So we don't want that to be you, but Lisa, kind of give us a recap. We're in podcasts. We're in the fourth episode of the death of the micromanager. I think it's going to be the last episode. Maybe next week we might jump into some more, but it's, it's been really fascinating. Absolutely. So symptoms of if symptoms that you're a micromanager or you have a micromanager in your on your team or in your organization, mm-hmm. those are things like lack of trust. Yep. Okay, stifled creativity, mm-hmm. poor time management, reduced employee mm-hmm. engagement and motivation, hindered growth, high employee turnover, um, lack of delegation, limited collaboration. These are all symptoms yep. of having this micromanager syndrome on your team, in your organization, or that you're the micromanager and you're part of the reason that this this, uh, culture is created. Now, part of that is, is we are having so so many problems with Mm -hmm. retention and we are having so many problems with um, employee engagement right now. Now, part of it is a result of everything that happened in remote working and, you know, we're a couple years post the pandemic and all of those things, but... Part of it, a lot of it has to do with this, this, these concepts of the micromanager and what causes, what are the things behind being a micromanager? So there's, we talked about three fears in the last three podcasts, and that's one of them is I'm going to get blamed for everything. I'm going to micromanage because I'm going to get blamed if something goes wrong. You got to confront that fear. It's there. It's real. Absolutely. And then another fear, another reason why I might micromanage is that I'm afraid of inefficiency. And then my head's going to be on the line or my company might not survive. So I'm going to micromanage. Or I might not be happy about it. Right. Absolutely. And then another one is just just losing control. And some people have this high need for control and they don't want to they don't want to give up this micromanaging because they don't want to lose control. And you really have to step into that. And this is what we really mean by there's always a a deeper issue at play. Micromanaging is just a symptom. And if you're doing it, you have to step back and what's the deeper issue at play? And, you know, Lisa, as you're talking, I kind of realized, you know, I've never met somebody that woke up and showed up to work and said, man, I hope I get managed today. Oh, my gosh. I just love it when you manage me. No, No, everybody wants to be led. But really, nobody wants to be managed. And I think you manage projects, you manage things, but you lead people. 
And this is this is sort of that flip. Now, we're not trying to change language. If you have the word manager or the title manager, we're, we're not trying to change the language of your organization, but just or realize. Title, yeah. yeah, just realize that people want to be led, not managed. Absolutely. And also, nobody wakes up and says, hey, I just really want to stifle creativity on my team today. And, or nobody wakes up and says, hey, True. I just really want to limit my team's productivity today. Yeah, they don't. I mean, they don't. Or they nobody wakes up and says, hey, I just want to limit the growth of my team today. <laughs> and th- so those are all different failures mm-hmm. of a micromanager and failures of a micromanager leading a team or a micromanager being part of the team. And, and we talked about those on the last three podcasts. We did. So let's jump into this last final podcast really on micromanager and – it's really this idea of fear of being replaceable. Yes. Right? I'm going to, oh, I'm not going to be needed. But what's interesting is, is the more you grow and you continue to grow, the, the farther you can go and the farther people under you go. And one of the best conversations I love to have with team members is when they ask me, hey, I want to have your job. What do I have to do to to be at your level? You're like, sure, here, go ahead and take my job. <laughs> Well, because because really, it, it's a great sign of like respect, and it, and it's you're you've become a person that other people look up to, and it really I love it. But if we're not careful as leaders, we we kind of think like, oh, we're going to be exposed as a fraud, mm-hmm. or hey, if I don't have all the answers, and I've learned that some of the best answers is simply I don't know. It's okay not to know. Now. It's okay not to stay in that place of not knowing, but in the initial, it's okay many times just not to know. It's okay to, it's, you cannot stay in the place of not knowing. Right, at at some point, you learn. have to get the answers. Right. But, but in, initially. It, and it's great to just be honest about that. It, and I think a lot of times leaders deal with imposter syndrome, is they're trying to wear a mask or trying to be somebody or almost I'm afraid of being found out. And here's what's interesting is we've discovered with blind spots, it's what you don't see that other people see. And at the end of the day, it's like people know you have them, Yeah. right? They already know that you have them. And really this fear of being replaceable, it drives this scarcity mindset. It really does. It drives a scarcity mindset of like, oh, there's not going to be enough and I got to hoard everything. And really having this growth mindset, really confronting this fear. And it really is a is a big fear. And, and what it kind of produces as a failure is it's this my way or the highway, mm. right? I've got, you know, and what we've discovered is that when the team wins, everybody wins. When, the te- when somebody on the team wins, it's just like everybody winning and really learning how to celebrate other people. Right. And so along with this fear, this fear of being replaceable, it all comes down to the, um, the stories that we tell ourselves, Oh, yeah. These stories that we tell ourselves, okay, so— And the lies that we believe. And the lies that we believe. Okay, um, you know, if if somebody does this differently than I do, I I could lose my job or I could be exposed as a fraud, right? But those those go back to those stories that we tell ourselves and just harnessing those stories and making sure that our internal dialogue and our inner inner critic is, Mm -hmm. is held at bay. So we can be productive and so we can um, be future focused and filled of possibility rather than being held back. And we talk about that quite a bit on in the course that yeah. we just created, Emotionally Intelligent, being less reactive and more interactive with your team. Because, and because everything becomes a story. 
everything it's so much about the stories we tell ourselves the stories we tell ourselves and then the stories that we tell our team and those around us and without even realizing that we're telling those and it's just fascinating because that internal dialogue of I could totally lose my job. Well, could you lose your job? Absolutely. But what's the likelihood? Or um, would I be exposed as a fraud? Well, are you a fraud? I mean, if you if you are a fraud, then yes, well, maybe you should be afraid that you're going to be exposed as a fraud. But if you're if you're just a human that makes mistakes and knows things and doesn't know things, and you're learning along the way, then no, you're not a fraud. You're just human. And there's a complete difference. And I think that's the key. It's like, you know, just because you don't know, you continue to grow. Just because I don't know doesn't make me an imposter. Just because I don't know doesn't make me a fraud. And what's fascinating, we've talked about this on other podcasts, is just shed the light on it. Just get it out in the, the open. Hey, you know, I really fear, you know, being replaced. You can go up to your manager and say, hey, you know, I, I'm giving this responsibility. I really feel maybe I'm not needed. Well, listen, as you continue to grow, part of your job as a manager is to look up to the people that are leading you and asking, okay, what can I take off their plate? Okay. So I don't know if I would go into my higher up and say, I'm afraid that I'm not needed. I don't know if I would quite word it that way. Well, maybe not word it that way. I, 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 <laughs> but I, I get the concept and I agree with the concept. Yeah. And I, and I think if you're in the right organization, those, those are great conversations to have. Yeah. And so you have to step back and it, it, and really a lot of this, it just takes a lot of courage. And that's why we created Emotionally Intelligent, really to help people mm -hmm. get the courage. So listen, if you're lacking courage, if you maybe some of these fears, you're like, oh my gosh, that's a real fear. We want to just encourage you to get the course. We walk through all of these fears and really give you those practical strategies. So it's mm -hmm. emotionallyintelligentcourse.com and we'll put it in the show notes and and you can have it. And Because what we don't want is we don't want this failure of it becomes my way or the highway. Yeah, and, and that is the failure uh, one of the failures of of a micromanager. Yeah, and managers really end up with this insecurity. And trigger identifier is another tool. We've been talking about it quite a bit. So listen, we have talked about it the last four podcast episodes. And if you don't have it yet. It's free. It's free. Seriously. Just go it get really it. It really helps Download you it. unpack yours. a situation, yeah. what's going on, and why am I? Why why are things going the way they are? And why am I re responding the way I am? Yeah, because part of what you want to do is you want to create this collaboration is really about just creative connections. But you don't get those creative connections if it's my way or the highway. No. You don't get creative because connections I'm, with Because I, I would be thinking, fine, I'm taking the highway. And, and really creativity comes out of multiple perspectives. But I'm not going to get I these. I like that. Say that again. Yeah, creativity comes out of multiple perspectives. And if it's my way or the highway, I'm not getting multiple perspectives. And if I'm not developing trust with my team, it's really built by this collaborative mindset. So it's almost like trust, collaboration, creativity. And trust, collaboration, creativity. That's the, how it kind that of trust, works. collaboration, creativity. I mean, that's that's living life in high definition. Yeah, it's like living life in color, not in black and white. Mm -hmm. And so, Lisa, talk about the forward movement because we wanted to kind of deal with some of these trust and this whole idea of building trust in your forward movement. Okay, so if you feel as though I I I have micromanager tendencies, or if you think I can see how my team is being less productive, there's their creativity is stifled, there are, you, you just really resonate with some of these things that we've brought up, 
here are some things that you can put in place for the long term that can help you stay out of the micromanager world. And one of these things is to build trust. Yeah, because really your fears are limiting that ability. Mm -hmm. They're kind of getting in that way, Mm -hmm. in the way. And we did a we did a whole set of podcasts uh, last month on on creating trust and building trust, character and competency. There are two ways to grow trust: is you increase your character and you increase your competency. So it's a it's a heart and head, it's a, it's a skill and it's also a character issue. And so continue to grow. Both of those are super important. Yeah. And we call these forward movements. We call these steps to gaining control of the micromanager because these are not quick fixes. We're, we're going to get yep. to fast fixes later. We're going to get you one thing to do. This, but-, but this is something that you can do long term. And that would be to build trust, build your character, build your, your competencies and build your character and your competency competencies within your team. Yeah. Because it really is a mindset. Trust is a mindset and mindset really determines methods. Mindsets define the methods. But if you don't have the right methods, because here's the thing, you can learn different delegation skills, but if you don't have the mindset, you're going to revert back to some of these fears. Yes. You're going to step out and you're, maybe you're going to use the intention clarifier, but then you're going to step back in and micromanage because you've never developed the mindset and you've really never developed, like dealt with the fear. And so that's part of why we really wanted to kind of walk through this because I think the fallacy sometimes with management is there's a lot of management how-tos. Here's how you do this. Here's how you do this. And we have a lot of how-tos. We have a lot of how-tos in the course. We have a lot of how-tos. Our books are a lot of how-tos. But Mm -hmm. the truth is, Lisa, if how-tos were enough, we would all be skinny, we would all be rich, and we would all be happy. Right? And we have all these how-to books on how to lose weight, but the problem is I just like to eat ice cream. And that that brings us to, we talked last week about one of the ways of mm-hmm. forward movement and steps to gaining control is um, uh, feedback and accountability. Absolutely. And so I'm bringing that one back in here as yeah. that is a step to gain forward movement over the long term is that if you want to, you talked about, you can, you can kind of fall back into those yeah. tendencies. And so if you have feedback and accountability around you, it will keep you from falling back into those tendencies as you get better and bit better and learn how to delegate more and learn how to give more. Yeah, because it's very painful to confront some of these fears and you need a support team behind you to, to be with you and help give you that accountability and some of that emotional support to step in and confront some of those fears. Yes, absolutely. Okay, so another one would be developing communication skills. Now, this is not a fast fix. We'll get to the fast fixes in a minute. <laughs> but this is a, this is a long-term it. strategy strategy Mm -hmm. to get yourself out of micromanager mode so that you have better retention, you have better collaboration, you have increased creativity. And it would be developing communication, understanding context and content. Um, Knowing tone and voice. And tempo. And tempo. It's all in the course. Recognizing what you're feeling, what the situation is. There's just, there's so much out there on developing communication skills. So however you go about it, develop your communication skills, because that will allow you to be able to communicate what's actually going on. Yep. Good. And then a third thing for forward movement would be to let go. Oh no, say it's not so. let Let it go. And let Let go go. more. I don't even know the rest of the words of the song. Okay. Right. So let it go. (laughs) I get paid not to sing. You do. I do. You do get paid not to sing. So it's it's trust, but Mm. verify. Let Mm -hmm. go. Have a system of being able to report back. 
Hmm. So you you let go, you delegate this this project. Now you don't dump it because yeah. dumping would be here. It's like throwing up on them. Here's the project. And don't give any context. Don't give any context. And then you yeah. step back and you don't give your hand of support along the way. Well, Lisa, and I think part of that, like checking back in, you put that on the person that's doing the project. And that keeps you out of that micromanager where you step, okay, Lisa, where are you at on this? Well, if that's your responsibility, you just define, hey, these are some check-in times. Can you check back in? And it, it's a totally different scenario when you come back and say, hey, Dennis, I want to let you know here's where it's at, and I need some help with this, and I don't know about this, but here's where. It it, it changes that, and it's, it's just a communication skill. And there's a difference. So you're checking back in. Yes, it is the the person that is the executor yeah. that should check back in with you as yeah. the lead, but you as the lead also need to check in with the person that is the executor. And because you do it with other, the heart of support. Otherwise, it's dumping. Yeah. So if you give something over and you delegate it and you ask the person that is executing that, that project to check back in, but you just leave it at that and you put it all on them, you're not there to support them. And so you want to set up, I would like for us to to check in once a week. And it's and a two-way street. That check-in is a two-way street. It is a two-way street because that is how we keep from dumping. And then when we do that check-in, it's not, okay, this is your meeting. You go, you tell us everything. It's Let's collaborate together. Let's sit down. These are our objectives. This is where our, where our results, where we wanted to be at this point. How are we doing on this? And it's, it's a reporting, but it's also a collaboration and being able to problem solve. So it's not just a, okay, I need a report. Where is it at? You know, it's not a, a drill sergeant move. It's more of a, a give it back well, and forth exchange. Yeah, and, and I think leaders need to get – they can get better at – Things that, like reports can be done in emails. It can be done in writing. If, where if it it's doesn't, something that's factual. It doesn't need a conversation, but the conversation needs to be around the collaborative, the problem solving. The encouragement, the, yeah, create, the creative. It's very difficult to be creative in an email. Very yeah, difficult to be creative. Now, writing can be very, very creative, but it's hard to have a creative exchange um, in a long period of time. And through email or through Slack or whatever your messaging yep. communication system is. Okay. So letting go. So it's trusting but verifying, reporting back during the process. What are the steps of the process? You know, not not just throwing caution to the wind, but yep. let's let's do this in a sequential way. Your favorite. <laughs> I, can we do it in a random way? I love it when it's random. <laughs> Different leadership styles, it, but it's important. Listen to, understand. to the previous podcast; yeah, you'll, you'll get it. Okay, fast fixes. Come on, fast fixes. What do I do right okay, now? Okay, this is what we need to do. Okay, right now, this is something that we can do. Right, okay. share your plan. Share your plan with someone that you can be honest with, Whoa, and that share. you can ask them to hold you accountable to walking mm -hmm. it out. So, no, we are not there. We are not at the finish line. We are at the start line, and we have gone the first quarter mile. Yeah. But you need somebody there cheering you on in that marathon of d the death of the micromanager that can hold you accountable. So you have shared the plan with them and what you're doing. To make sure the plan is truthful. I can't be creative, you know, with without the facts or without reality. Absolutely. Right? So just tell the reality. It is what it is. And along with being truthful, that's another one of our fast fixes yep. is be honest with your team, what you're expecting of them, what you're expecting of them now. Um, and this is also retraining you. 
So it's clear expectations at the front. Well, you know, in in really, Lisa, there are there are expectations that people can't meet. It's their expectations that you haven't shared with people. The unvoiced expectations. The unvoiced expectations, right? And so a lot of times if I have unmet expectations, I have to step back as a leader and go, have, have I, I really, really communicated really? that? Or had, did did I, just, I say it or did I just think it? Okay, so that is something that you do. You you think something. Hey, are you telling on me? I am totally telling on you. You think something, you, you, you think a statement or an idea, mm-hmm. and you actually think that you Tell somebody, or you think that you told me. Well, I and I believe you have the the sixth sense that you that can I read, can read your mind. You can read my mind. I yeah. think my team can read my mind. And you mean you cannot read my mind? And we're sitting in this conversation, and I'm thinking, I wish I had it recorded because I know, I know a hundred percent, you did not say that. Now your and memory, I know a hundred percent that I did say that. Now your and, memory is you have a. Your brain is amazing. It's a computer and your memory is incredible. And you remember all kinds of details and stats and facts. Random fact, facts. Not yeah, sequential. They, they're they total, are, they they're are. just totally random. They're like, whoa. And they're very concrete. Yeah. And, but I don't but, remember the process. I have no idea. But if you actually said something or not, there's so much creativity yeah. going on yep. in your brain. And so yep. me being sure that you have communicated it. And then when you communicate that, yeah. put it in writing. Because if you don't put it in writing, once upon a time, we used to do business with a handshake. (laughs) And unfortunately, we don't do business with a handshake anymore because that that it is unclear and it has failed many times and going through the legal system, you're... It's just not going to work anymore. That we yeah. we don't live in that culture anymore. But going, but with our team, when we are communicating something, when mm-hmm. we're honest with our team and what the expectations are, then we list them out. We list out the deliverables, the expectations, the results, and even the process. And it really and the, creates a sense of certainty on absolutely. team members. And typically, when you're micromanaging, there's a lot of uncertainties. And then with a micromanager, they they get these open loops in their head, and they don't know where something is at, and they can go and they can look on this written paper mm-hmm. yeah. it gives the timelines it gives deadlines it gives who's responsible it it gives the order of events mm-hmm. and then you can go and you can look as a micromanager and say okay we are at this point of the project this is where we're at this is whose whose ball it is yeah. right now and you can use something like um Trello for project managing or different things like Asana. that that you can you can use there's all different tools but you can tell exactly whose ball it is which mm-hmm. court it is in at this time what's been done and what hasn't been done and it's it's a very easy accountability system without it just being words in the stratosphere or maybe words that weren't even communicated. Chris, these open loops within creates, you know, unmet expectations and really creates unclear expectations. Absolutely. And now we get to my favorite fast fix. Your favorite. My favorite fast fix out of all of the fast fix oh, that I'm we've so listed for this death of a micromanager. It is. It is a code word. Okay. Well, what are you talking about? Okay. So there is We've heard of code words. There's all kinds of stuff. So there's this real deal now with AI, people Hmm. taking AI and and taking somebody else's voices and making phone calls. And it's a family member. And this family member is in distress. And so the other family member on the other end of the line, they're they're trying to get something from them. And it's not even really the 
that person. person. It is somebody. It is their voice that someone has taken AI and created their voice. And so they are encouraging people and families and organizations set up a code word. So if somebody calls and they are they are in distress and they need money and it's your like if your mother called and she needed something, we would give it to her immediately, right? Yep. Now, not that she's been kidnapped, but that her Unless car. Unless she tells us the code word. Her car has broken down, and and she left her wallet at home, and she needs this money. Should we say the code word on the podcast? No. Okay. And she needs this right. money, and so then the other person on the line, before you give out any sensitive information, you say, "Okay, well, what's the code word?" Or mm-hmm. you, or you figure out a way to weave in this word into the sentence. And when you hear this sentence, or you hear this code, or this phrase, it knows, "Okay, you are the real person, and I know this is a real situation. This is not a false alarm." Okay, so explain how that works on teams. How so, how work. does that work on teams? So, if, if you're the micromanager, right? I'm glad I'm not. But if you're the micromanager, and in the in the heat of it, in the heat mm-hmm. of everything. You fall it back into the tendencies of micromanaging. Yeah, we you set up with your team, and this is a team collaborative thing. When your team knows, hey, I am learning to give you autonomy, to give you the opportunity to do what you do best, and step away and take my hands off—not yep. completely, but take my hands off and step alongside. And so we're going to use this code word. So when I get in the middle of it, and I am just, just. Command and demanding. Command and demand, and I'm rolling, and I've got these ideas going. I just want to take over, and I want to redirect the ship. We, You come up with a code or a code yeah. word, and you say, hey, here's an example. So a, a code could be, is this my project or is this yours? I was thinking like blue. Okay. Random word. Okay, that would work too if you really, truly, if everyone knows what it is. But it's a code word or a code phrase that yeah. you use, Good. and it, cre- it creates safety. So it's it's you set it up in advance. Hmm. It's a statement that is non-confrontational, and it's very clear. And so if you're coming in and you're just doing your thing and kind of taking the responsibility off me, kind of stealing it from me. Disempowering you possibly? Disempowering me. I can step back and say, can I, I just need to ask you a question. Is this my project or is this your project? That's a good one. And we've established in a time of peace, in a time of non-conflict, in a time of collaboration, that when this statement is said, that that is a trigger for you to step back and think, okay, Am I taking over? Am I being a micromanager? Am I stifling the creativity yeah. of my team? And this this creates uh, this is just a road for feedback for effective way to breaking a bad habit. Well, so, and we talked about early podcasts about a trigger for collaboration. That's a great trigger that creates collaboration. So absolutely. just like you can have a trigger that sends you to micromanaging, you can have a trigger that sends you to collaboration in creating these new different triggers. Because what happens is when you're emotionally connected to the issue. Your focus is fuzzy. Your clarity is is cloudy, right? You're in the heat of battle and you just don't think clearly and you need this trigger to snap you back and go, oh, Absolutely. That's not collaborative. Absolutely. And and these code words work in your in your family life, in your team, and Everywhere. different things. I mean, we we have this this code word that when things get tense between between you and I, you yeah. look at me and say, I don't feel safe. Yeah. And that's for me to think, okay, so we need to back this down because you're at a point where 
this is no longer a creative environment. Right. And so there are different code. This this concept of a code word or a code phrase can be applied anywhere, and it just increases the collaboration and the feedback, and and in, and increases trust. And really, just creates this idea of just information. Because mm-hmm. the problem is a lot of times feedback comes across as an attack. And one thing that we we have both learned is that you can't attack me if I don't think you are. Absolutely. So if I don't think you're attacking me, then it's not. A, and then it gets even better because if I don't think you're attacking me, guess what? I don't have to defend. And you wonder why do people get defensive? And this is for another podcast. But we get defensive because we see feedback as an attack. But if we turn to see it as information, and what this code word does is it just helps us see it as information. And it, and it opens the lines of communication because sometimes these behaviors, these micromanager behaviors, most of the time we don't even realize we're doing them. And we don't realize what it is doing to the team. And we don't realize that it's limiting our growth or it's limiting our productivity. Yeah, because we're just triggered by some kind of fear and it's an mm-hmm. internal thing that happens very, very quickly. Lisa, this has been fun. This is, we'll maybe continue the conversation in later podcasts, but really we we want to put to death uh, really the micromanager. And probably my big takeaway from this is that mindsets define methods. And to really work on my mindset before I even work on methods because they flow, the methods will flow out of the mindset. But if I don't get the mindset right, if I don't deal with the fears, if I don't deal with the spider, it's going to just you know, I can clean up the web, but I'm still going to have a spider that's going to go create another web. So really diving into what are the mindsets and maybe what are some of the lies that I believe about people and about leading people and how do I change those mindsets and the methods change automatically. What about you? What uh, What's the takeaway for you? So I think with being a micromanager, the temptations of control and perfectionism mm-hmm. and lack of trust and feel of fear of failure, those are those are just so huge. Yeah. But being a micromanager, the, I, it ensures that I stay on top hmm. and I stay in control. Wow. And if I'm always worried about staying on top and staying on in control, then my team can never be effective together. And they'll never be collaborative mm-hmm. and they'll stifle results. It's been fun. So listen, if you do not have the course yet, you can go to emotionallyintelligentcourse.com. You can get it there. And um, this has been fun. And we'll see you next time on the Drama Free Living Podcast. Mm -hmm.